0: the architecture of holiness. From here to the end of the book of Exodus, the Torah describes in painstaking detail and great length the construction of the Mishkan, the first collective house of worship of the Jewish people. Precise instructions are given for each item, the tabernacle itself, the frames and drapes and the various objects it contained, including their dimensions. So, for example, we read, make the tabernacle with ten curtains of finely twisted linen and blue, purple and scarlet yarn, with cherubim woven into them by a skilled worker. All the curtains are to be the same size, 28 cubits long and 4 cubits wide wide make curtains of goat hair for the tent over the tabernacle 11 altogether all 11 curtains are to be the same size 30 cubits long and four cubits wide make upright frames of acacia wood for the tabernacle each frame is to be 10 cubits long and a cubit and a half wide and so on but why do we need to know how big the tabernacle was it didn't function in perpetuity Its primary use was during the wilderness years, and eventually it was replaced by the temple an altogether larger and more magnificent structure. So what, then, is the eternal significance of the dimensions of this modest, portable construction? Or, to put the question more sharply still, isn't the very idea of a specific size for the home of the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, liable to mislead? A transcendent God can't be contained in space. Solomon said so, but will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, can't contain you, how much less this temple I have built. Isaiah said the same in the name of God himself. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? So no physical space, however large, is big enough. On the other hand, no space is too small. So says a striking Midrash. When God says to Moses, make me a tabernacle, Moses said in amazement, the glory of the Holy One, blessed be he, fills heaven and earth, and yet he commands, make me a tabernacle. God replied, not as you think, do I think, 20 boards on the north, 20 on the south, and 8 in the west are sufficient. Indeed, I will descend and confine my presence even within one square cubit. Thus far, the Midrash. Now, what difference could it make whether the tabernacle was large or small? Either way, it was a symbol, a focus of the divine presence that is everywhere, wherever human beings open their heart to God. Its dimension should not matter. I came across an answer in an unexpected and indirect way some years ago. I'd gone to Cambridge University to take part in a conversation on religion and science. When the session was over, a member of the audience came over to me, a quiet, unassuming man, and said, I've written a book that I think you might find interesting. I'll send it to you. I didn't know at the time who he was. A week later, the book arrived. It was called Just Six Numbers, subtitled The Deep Forces That Shape the Universe. And with a shock, I discovered that the author was that the then Sir Martin, now Lord Rees, Astronomer Royal, later... President of the Royal Society, the oldest and most scientific body in the world, Master of Trinity College, Cambridge, and in 2011 winner of the Templeton Prize. I had been talking to Britain's most distinguished scientist. His book was enthralling. It explained that the universe is shaped by six mathematical constants, which, had they varied by a millionth or trillionth degree, would have resulted either in no universe or at least no life. Had the force of gravity been a tiny bit different, for example, to a millionth of a degree, the universe would either have expanded or imploded in such a way as to preclude the formation of stars or planets. Had nuclear efficiency been slightly lower, the cosmos would consist only of hydrogen. No life would have emerged. Had it been slightly higher, there would have been rapid stellar evolution and decay, leaving no time for life to evolve. The combination of improbabilities was immense." Torah commentators, especially the late Nachman Leibovitz, have drawn attention to the way the terminology of the construction of the tabernacle is the same as that used to describe God's creation of the universe. The tabernacle was, in other words, a microcosmos, a symbolic reminder of the world God made. The fact that the divine presence rested within it wasn't meant to suggest that God is here, not there, in this place, not that. It was meant to signal powerfully and palpably that God exists throughout the cosmos. It was a man-made structure to mirror and focus attention on the divinely created universe. It was, in space, what Shabbat is in time, a reminder of creation. And what did it remind us of? The fact that the dimensions of the universe are precise, mathematically exact, Had they differed even in the slightest degree the universe or life would not exist. Only now are scientists beginning to realize how precise. And even this knowledge will seem rudimentary to future generations. We are on the threshold of a quantum leap In our understanding of the full depth of the words, Ma rabu Secha Hashem kulam b'chochma asita, How many were your works, Lord, in your wisdom you made them all. The word wisdom here, as in the many times it occurs in the account of the making of the tabernacle, means precise, exact craftsmanship. In only one other place in the Torah is there the same emphasis on precise dimensions, namely Noah's Ark. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all round, etc, etc. The reason is similar to that in the case of the tabernacle. Noah's ark symbolised the world in its divinely constructed order. The order that humans had ruined by their violence and corruption. God was about to destroy the world, leaving only Noah and the ark and what it contained as symbols of the vestige of order that remained, on the basis of which God would fashion a new order, a new creation of the universe. Precision matters. Order matters. The misplacement of even a few Of the 3.1 billion letters in the human genome can lead to devastating genetic conditions. The famous butterfly effect, the beating of a butterfly's wing somewhere may cause a tsunami somewhere else, thousands of miles away, tells us that small actions can have large consequences. That is the message the tabernacle was intended to convey. God creates order in the natural universe and we are charged with creating order in the human universe. And that means taking painstaking care in what we say, what we do, and what we must restrain ourselves from doing. There's a precise choreography to the moral and spiritual life as there is a precise architecture to the tabernacle. Being good, specifically being holy, isn't a matter of acting as the spirit moves us. It's a matter of aligning ourselves to the will that made the world. Law, structure, precision. Of these things, the cosmos is made, and without them, it would cease to be. It was to signal that the same applies to human behavior, that the Torah records the precise dimensions of the tabernacle and Noah's Ark. Shabbat Shalom.